Well, good morning. I'm kind of uh, I'm I'm kind of quirky like this, but I notice things like the power surges we were having this morning, and interesting things with Matt's voice. And uh, I find it interesting to me because sometimes in our in our human nature we see those things as imperfections and. <gasps> It's, it's the technicality's gone wrong and service is not perfect. That means we're under attack. And I tend to view these things a little differently because I feel like when the power of God is surging in a place, it leaves no room for all of our perfect, you know, our perfect boxes and the things that we set in place to say, okay, this is service. When the lights are perfect and the sound is perfect and the music's going perfect. And this morning, Nate told me that you know, we normally have two screens and the power cords weren't working and that stuff excites me. It fires me up because I know that when the power of God enters into a place, we just fall to the side and we have to just let it be. So I hope this morning that that's not distracting you at all, that you're ready to receive. Well, um, we just, we're so excited to be here and to be able to share with you guys. So um, I think most of you we know, or at least to some extent, we've, we've met. And so if we haven't, um, grab us afterwards. We'd love to be able to just, just talk with you. And, Don't and grab us too hard, I got, I, got, I got some head nods, like, bring your microphone up. So uh, I actually get to speak in front of people a fair amount, but not with a microphone, so I don't get to hear my own voice. So bear with me. Um, so a little bit about us. We've been married for 15 years, 15 glorious years. Uh, we have four kids, and the way that we're going to do this today, it's going to be kind of a back and forth, but we're going to kind of talk a little bit about, I notice we're a little far away. just come, come just, closer. Uh, this is supposed to be about relationship and unity, right? All right. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our story as we go through, and, and kind of the theme of today is uh, partnering with purpose. So that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today as, as, we, as we chat through. So um, I will let Rihanna actually start with some scripture. You will. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. I will. Um, okay, so first of all, I just want to say that as we share this morning about partnering with purpose, our viewpoint is going to come from a marriage point of view. And that's, you know, what we're talking about this month is relationship goals. And so although our view is going to come from a, a marriage perspective, because Justin and I began to walk with the Lord together right after we got married, the fall after we got married, um, I want to I wanna really point out something very important, is that partnership is not, does not start in marriage. Partnership and partnering with your purpose is partnering with God as individuals first. And then we begin to learn how to partner together. So partnering in your purpose is about you partnering with God. Therefore, even though some of our perspective is going to come from a marriage perspective, it does not mean that you have to be married to be partnering in your purpose. It means that God celebrates both marriage and single ministries. Although they're going to look different, he celebrates both of them. So I just want to preface what we say today with that because I think it's important to know that Whatever message we have here this morning and whatever God is speaking this morning is not just for you if you're married, but about your partnership individually with the Lord. So, um, thank you. (laughs) Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. (laughs) Um, So Matthew chapter 19 is what we're going to start with this morning. And 
I, I love the message version of this verse because I feel like it beautifully paints, Jesus kind of paints this picture of what marriage really is. And I think it's really helpful for us to understand what marriage is and what it is not. So Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 11 says, but Jesus said, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. Ooh. It requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage isn't for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you're capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. So this message is coming after, you know, the Pharisees are coming to test him about, oh, when can I get divorced from my wife? What is, what is your thoughts on getting a divorce? And so Jesus kind of comes back to the originality of marriage and its eternal purpose, not just for your pleasure for a little bit and then get rid of it when it's not working out for you. And so the disciples are just, they're like, well, what's the point in getting married then? I just don't see what the point of getting married is if I can't just leave whenever I feel like it. So this here, Jesus is really talking about the commitment of marriage. That number one, marriage is a mission. It's a mission before anything else. It's something that you grow into. It's not just for our pleasure, but it's a mission of who God is and the completion of, his, of who we are in the image of Christ. And so in marriage, there is the contract side of marriage and there's a covenant side of marriage. And in, a, in our Western culture, we focus a lot on the contract part of marriage, right? The legal piece of paper that says we're married. We get to share insurance and we get to file the same taxes and we get all of these benefits for being married. And so we kind of get hung up on who can get married and, and what does it mean to get divorced and... Um, in a legal sense or in a contract sense. But then there's a deeper portion of what marriage is, and that's the mission, the covenant with God, the spiritual purpose that you both have together. And so Jesus is talking about here that it requires maturity, that marriage just isn't some passive thing. A commitment takes intentionality. It takes an intentional maturity. It takes grace, okay? Um, And then at the end here, he says, marriage isn't for everyone. So this brings us into kind of that question of like, if I'm single, am I, can I even do ministry? Am I, you know, um, do I have some sort of purpose in ministry? Well, in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, you know, Paul says, Paul was, the apostle Paul was single. And uh, he says, yet I wish that all men were even as I myself am. However, each man has his own gift from God, one in this manner and one in that. So Paul says that being single can be better in many ways because being single simplifies your life. And all the married people said, amen. Okay, so whether you're married or whether you're single, your partnership with God in ministry is still solid. It doesn't separate you whether you're married or you're single. So whatever we have here today for you, I just want you to know that be inspired and open your heart to what God wants to talk to you about in ministry and moving forward in your ministry. So I'm going to dive into our story just a little bit, and uh, I'm going to preface that with telling you why I think that's important. So um, oftentimes in life, as we go through life, we draw on our past experiences or the way we grew up. You know, a lot of times when I talk to people, they say, well, I grew up this way or I grew up that way. And that's why I believe this or think that. And, and, and whether it be victories or failures in life, we, we tend to f- filter those things uh, through 
how we grew up. And, and so we have to be really, really aware of that because sometimes those things actually aren't truth. It's just how we grew up. It's just what our family believed. So um, how, how I grew up, I'll start with, with, uh, with my, my kind of backstory, if you will, is I actually uh, grew up in a family devoted to Catholicism. And uh, that's where my mom and dad, my sister, they're, they're still part of the Catholic Church. And, and uh, for me, it was a great foundation. I, I learned a lot through catechisms and, and through uh, confirmation classes and those kinds of things. But there was, I was, there was a piece that was missing, and it was this relationship piece that I never really experienced uh, a lot of. Uh, so from there, when we were dating, actually, we were going to a Lutheran church, um, which, uh, which is also where we got married which was kind of fun. Um, uh, again, though, it had a lot to do with, you know, here's some of the laws and regulations and, and things like that, but there was this missing piece of relationship. Uh, so after we got married, we were actually invited to a non-denominational church service uh, when we were doing a weekend convention with Amway. Is anyone in here ever with Amway? I know there's a couple, right? Uh, uh, Those who are were like... Uh, don't talk about Amway. But anyway, that was just our story, right? So we were, we were going there, and I, for the first time, I heard someone talk about a relationship with the Lord. And I said, this is different. There's something different about the relationship versus following all these laws and regulations. And so um, when, when we really started to, to grasp that concept, I went from this, this foundation of saying, Jesus is some guy that apparently died for our sins all these years ago, and there was really no connection to Jesus died for me and for my sins and for my bad decisions on the cross for me. And it should have been me on that cross, but instead it was him. And, and that just, it brought on a whole new level of this is different. And, and so that's really what started our, our journey uh, through, that, through that process. Um, in Hebrews 7.25, it says, Therefore, he is able also to save forever those who come to God through him, through Jesus, since he always lives to intercede and intervene on our behalf. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You're interceding on our behalf. That's uh, just it's incredible. So uh, from there, uh, we actually got plugged into a Friday night ministry, which at the time we thought, hey, Friday night, that seems like a good, good thing to go check out. Uh, we found out this, this was very much so a spirit-filled, charismatic ministry. Uh, and that's really what kind of kicked off our faith journey. We said, okay, this is different than what we experienced growing up. We didn't understand a lot of it, but it was an absolute, the Lord was there. And that was what most important. We knew that the Lord was there and in that, uh, in that service. You remember that, Elijah? My friend Elijah's up here in the front, and he was there. That's actually where I met him. And it was, it was absolutely an incredible journey that we went through. Yeah, and, and one of my biggest memories of that place was, you know, we're coming from... So I grew up in a non-Christian household. Matter of fact, you know, the exact opposite. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into a lot of my testimony this morning, but... Um, you know, we my don't household, have time. We, we, we would not have time for all of that. Uh, but, you know, my mom was very involved with psychic and Echo Bodine and, and those kinds of things. And so witchcraft kind of stuff. So 
I grew up in a totally non-Christian home, but was exposed to the gospel, you know, through being in, invited to youth groups and like an e-free church. And, and so the gospel, I was exposed to it, but it was never part of my life until I was older. And so when we got saved, when, when the message came and I was like, you know, salvation to me was about making the decision to go all in. Because if any of you who do know me well know that if I'm doing something, there's purpose in it. I don't do things because I'm like, oh, this would be kind of what's expected of me or this is part of just what you do. I thought if we're going to do this, we need to like find out who Jesus is and the whole, I want the whole thing. And so when we went to this charismatic ministry, the minute we stepped through the doors, there's people falling over on the floor. And, and I mean, it was, it was kind of like, okay, this, yeah, it was, it was a little crazy. But like Justin said, I felt the spirit of the Lord and it wasn't even something I was ever taught. So my point in telling you that I, I grew up in a non-Christian home is that the power of the spirit is not something that you can be taught. It's something that you experience. And it's something that I talked about in my last sermon when we were going through the book of Acts is that the power of the Holy Spirit is an experience. You know, there's only so much knowledge we can have of the word, but then it has to be coupled with experience of who he is. So if you ever experience the power of God, don't be afraid of that place. And so when we were in this ministry, of course, naturally, we had a lot of questions. So we would meet with the pastors with notebooks of questions. Why was man created? What is our purpose here on earth? What about baptism? What about, I mean, we would just ask all of these questions. And he was really gracious to spend time with us and answer some of these very fundamental things. And, uh, but he would always point us to books. I want you to read this book. I want you to study this. I want you to look into this. And what I love about this is this is such a key in ministry is that our job is to point people to Christ. It's not our job to have all the answers. So if you're waiting to have all the answers before you begin ministry, you're in the wrong place. Because when we feel like we have to have all the answers and know everything, it glorifies ourselves. But when we understand that his power is made perfect where we're weak and that our, our job and our mission in our marriage and individually as we partner with him is just to simply be an arrow. And that just takes surrender and hunger to know him and know him deeper. So yeah. Oh, well then the next decade of our life, I was going to share that part too, I suppose, but the next decade of our life we spent in a Pentecostal AG church and in a charismatic church, just learning how to live a Christian life. And um, I don't know if any of you grew up in a Christian home. Maybe you had some exposure to that. But even if you did, I feel like anytime you start a relationship with the Lord, you realize very quickly that you have no idea how to live a Christian life. God has to take you on a journey in your personal life to do that. And we did that for about, I mean, 10 hardcore years of just God, you know, going through our filing cabinet. So, Yeah, we, we really kind of feel like... Um, at, at this point, there's been kind of two chapters so far of our life uh, after we got married. There was chapter one, which is what we've kind of been talking about of saying, okay, this is the way that I grew up, um, but that's not the way I want to live. And, and, then the, and then there's a second chapter that we'll, that we'll talk about that we've been in for, for a few years. So I'm going to talk about that first chapter, uh, uh, kind of really the first decade or first 10 years. Um, when I was in this, it, it, all this stuff was new to me, and I was like, how, how do I become the husband 
that my wife wants, wants me to be, that more importantly, that God wants me to be. When, when I was growing up, I, I have an absolutely amazing mother, uh, but she was very, she's very, she, to this day, it's very soft-spoken, very kind of, you know, meek, mild, and, and just kind of goes with the flow. That is not my wife. <laughs> uh, Wait. That's a good thing, though. That's one of the many things I love about you, honey. But that is not, that's not the way that she is. So I couldn't use my, my father as an example of, of, of how, the, how to navigate that because it was such a different personality. Uh, with my kids, right, I, again, I had a, a great dad. Um, uh, but as, as I was growing up, I didn't necessarily feel like, like um, there's a lot of uh, patience and, and those kinds of things as I was, I was growing up. He was a pretty cut-and-dry guy. And so I, don't, I really wanted to be able to show my kids uh, how to love and how to be patient. Like my father is patient with me. My heavenly father is patient with me. And so we were walking through this journey of just how that, how that looked. The other thing that through this process that I was trying to figure out is, is outside of my family and my call to my family, what else am I supposed to be doing here? Like what is, what's the point? What's the purpose? Like, like okay, if, if I have a great little family, that's great, but I haven't impacted anyone other than, you know, the, the six of us. And, and I thought that I, there must be more to this. So I started really digging into really what's, what's my purpose? Why, why am I here and, and questioning uh, those kinds of things. Um, one, of the, one of the things I saw a lot, and maybe some of you can relate with this, is when I thought of, of doing ministry, I was like, oh, that's what the pastors do, and then the rest of us just come to church. And, uh, and I just, so I just thought that's what you do. So when you go to work, you just do your work thing, and, and that's it, and the pastor does church, and they do all the scripture reading and the Bible time, and the, then they come up on Sunday and, and tell you what, what's up, you know, and uh, it felt wrong, but I was like, well, then how do I do ministry? Um, so anyways, from there, we went to, we spent about a year in a very, very, very intense uh, prophetic ministry. Uh, it was, it was incredible. It was about teaching, training, equipping. We started learning about uh, how to pray, the, the, the process of, of doing that, what that meant. We started learning about fasting and the, the, uh, the benefits of fasting and what that was all about, um, how to use our own prophetic gifts and, and how to walk out our purpose. So it was a, just an extremely intense season of training uh, that, that was, it was incredible, uh, but intense. Did I say intense enough? It was intense. Uh, uh, that really then brings us to Mosaic. So we've been here for about three years and here we have had an, of an incredible opportunity to minister to some of these people in this room um, as we're on the prayer team. I just, we just so humbled to be able to be a part of that. Um, you know, we all know this, right? Set up, tear down, right? The, 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 what it takes to, to have, be a part of a church plan. It takes everyone, pretty much everyone in this room is a, is a part of that. So uh, it's, it's just, it takes time and it's an opportunity to serve one of the things I, I've taken so much from that is, especially as a, as a guy, maybe you gals can, can uh, relate with this as well, but as a guy, we get to work next to one another as we're setting things up, and, and that's where I got to know a lot of the men in this room, uh, just serving uh, by each other, side by side. 
Um, so really, Mosaic has just been an incredible blessing to our family, uh, and so we're we're happy to be here. Yeah, and and throughout our journey, I mean, maybe you've had some of these experiences, maybe you've had none of them, maybe you've had a ton more, um, but. Really what the point is as you journey through your faith wherever you are now or or wherever God takes you is that there's treasures to be found everywhere. So always be looking for for where God has you as a married couple, as an individual. Be looking for what God has for you in the season. And so if you want to just put Matthew 5, 6 up on the screen and just leave it there for me. It says, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And this has been a verse for us since the beginning of our marriage. That we've made that decision to say, we want everything that God has for us. We want the whole thing. We don't want just a little bit or just to find a church to kind of fit in and and get under the radar, be, you know, kind of blend into society or blend into the church. But we really want everything God has for us, whatever that means in every season. And of course, the Apostle Paul teaches us to be content with wherever we are. But contentment does not equal complacency. So if you are in a place Contentment means to trust where God has you while he's leading you to the new things. So as you're in your now place, you trust the Lord. And as you're walking into your new place, you allow him to give you the vision to keep stretching you into that new place. So stay hungry. And as a married couple, decide that together. That's one of the ways that as you partner with God individually, you partner together by saying, you know what? We're always going to hunger for more. Even if we're in different places in our faith or in different places of our journey, we're always going to continue to hunger for more of what God has for us because there's never a time that you arrive at the place God has for you and say, okay, this is it. This is where we're supposed to be. Amen. We, <laughs> as Pastor Eric always tells us, right, we're a verb. We're continually growing, and there is never a time when we say, all right, we know it all, we have it all, we're right where we are, because I guarantee you that is the most dangerous place you could ever be, that God will shake your world upside down if you ever come to a place that you think, all right, we've made it, we're here, we're all good, because there's always new growth and new things happening. So, oh, I don't know how much time we have. All right. All I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so what we really want to move into is kind of the mission of our family and the decisions that we make together and how it shapes who we are. And we're going to do this as short as possible because I think we only have about like 10 minutes left. But Okay, so uh, if you guys are taking notes, there's a couple questions that, uh, that I'd love for you to write down that you can just kind of just mill over and think about as, you know, throughout the weeks and, and just as life continues. So, uh, uh, first of all, these can be hard questions uh, if you really want to get honest with yourself. So, first, what is God's best for your marriage? What is, what is God's best for what the purpose that he has for your marriage, for, for your parenting uh, for your children, for us, our story, our journey was homeschooling. That's not necessarily everyone's journey in here, right? But for us, that's what our, our journey is. And so we had to make sure that if we're going to be homeschooling, how do we do that in the best way that we possibly can and, and, uh, and, and following God's uh, will in that? Um, your career or your, your business or whatever, what is God's best for that? What is 
What does he have? What's the purpose of that? Uh, relationships. Um, are you in the right relationships? Whether you're married or whether you're single, are they the right relationships for you? Are, are the relationships, the friendships that you have, are they bringing you towards, pulling you towards That's good. That's good. God's mission for your life, the will and purpose that he has for your life? Or are they holding you back because they are... Just, <laughs> she's stomping up here. Uh, are they holding you back because, because they're jealous or they have their own insecurities, right? Make sure that you're, the primary time that you spend with people your friends are moving you forward. And, and I absolutely love my family. I love Rihanna's family. Um, and, uh, but sometimes, and I'm not saying ours, that sounded bad. Uh, sometimes our family can be the worst of this. They knew you from when you were little until the way you are now, and they can hold you back. So spend time with them, love on them, uh, serve them, honor them, but don't listen to them. All right? Yeah, and don't ever let people keep you who you were because God always wants to call you into who you are and who he's creating you to be and continue to renewing you. And there are people in your life that will have a hard time seeing you in any other way because, see, they don't get to write your chapters. And if they're not going to reread your book, then that's their insecurity and problem, not yours. So always move into what God has you going toward. So good. Uh, also, another question is, uh, are, the things, are there things in your life that you just simply need to get rid of, right? <laughs> Whether they be bad habits, uh, things that we've done in the past that no longer fit us or are, are, can no longer help us get to the purpose that God has for us. What do we need to get, what do we need to get rid of? For us, um, we had uh, some music and some movies. Maybe that seems silly, but we had to get them out of our house. Um, just things we said, you know what, I, I don't, this isn't empowering and encouraging me. Um, and, you know, I guess it's kind of somewhat been our theory is, is uh, especially pertaining to music, if our kids can't listen to it, then maybe we shouldn't be listening to it. All right, so that's, that was our, that was our, our journey. And, and really it's about, is, is whatever it is in your life, habits or things that you're inputting through your eyes, your ears, your body, is it causing growth or is it just stunting places and for us a lot of those things were about a mindset that God wanted to move us out of but if we continue to feed that mindset with certain things if we eat junk before the meal then the meal doesn't taste as good and the meal doesn't you know give us the nutrients that we need so that's good uh and then so if we're getting rid of some of these things in life what, what should we be replacing them with? Easy for me to say. What should we be replacing them with? Right? Uh, scripture, reading the word, uh, prayer, uh, time of worship, prayer together as, as husband and wife. Not only just individually in our own prayer time, but praying together as husband and wife, uh, as a family, uh, family devotionals, those kinds of things. And and. I want to be really careful here because this is not about, you know, I want you to be like, oh boy, you know, this isn't, I'm not doing those things. And it's not about guilt and condemnation. That's, that's, you know, that's not what this is about. This is about how do we replace our time and how do we move forward with the purpose uh, that God has for us and, and making sure that we're renewing our mind, right? It's about transformation, right. 
That's what this journey is about. It's about transformation, the renewing of our mind. Right, and in, in 1 Corinthians, I mean, we can tiptoe around it, but to be honest with you, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul writes to the church about this, this phenomenon of, it says, you know, the chapter, or the chapter title is Don't Repeat Israel's Mistakes. You see, God gave Israel everything, and she went off to idols. So it doesn't matter. You're never, you know, if you're waiting for this pinnacle of faith where you just won't want those things anymore, it's not going to come. Okay, so chapter 10, verse 21, Paul says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and drink the cup of demons. And what he means is you can't be filled by both because one is going to be master over you over the other. And so down in verse 23, then he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. Not all things are lawful, but not all things edify. So if you really want to get down to it, it's not really about whether it's illegal or legal or the rules of the church. Or, you know, I, I, we've been to so many different denominations, and God bless them all because there's pros and cons to, to all of them, right? But we're human. And what I really dislike is when we get into these doctrinal, okay, you can do this, you can't do that. You can do this, you can't do that. Because... Because what it does is it takes, it strips away our discernment in our spirit to say, I don't want those things because I'm so full of God and I'm so hungry for what he has for me that those things don't even have a place in my life. Because although they're lawful, they don't edify my life in any way. And if we really want to get real, the question is, what makes you different from your unsaved neighbor or your coworkers or your family members? What truly makes you different? Think about that. Are you influencing people around you or are you blending in and being influenced by the world around you? And that's really the question. It's not, there's so many questions I feel like we get today with Christians and how much of this is okay before it's not okay anymore? And so it's really not about rules. It's not about saying, okay, how much can I have of this before it's not okay? It's really about asking the question, am I influencing the world around me? Am I any different? Or do I do the same things, I say the same things, I speak the same, I have the same habits and the same lifestyle as them, and then I'm trying to preach the gospel, and they're like, well, what's the point? You look the same as I do. So that's really the question. Good. So good. Good. Don't good. shout me down. I'm preaching good. <laughs> uh, uh, so so oh, here, these decisions in, in our lives will shape your ministry as a married couple, as a family, as a single person. The decisions that you make in your life when God is going through your filing cabinet and whether you keep it or you release it to him for whatever reasons will shape the ministry that you have. It can stunt your ministry or it can grow your ministry and that is your choice. This is a way that God works with us. He does not bully us. So so good. I, I, I remember I'm just as I was sitting here, I was thinking of a story that I heard. I won't tell you the whole story, but... Um, she used the wow. term. She used the term file cabinet. Like if you open up, imagine you opening up the filing cabinet and you see all these files of things in your life: the good, the bad, the mistakes, the victories, the the everything. And and as you pull those files out, that are are things that maybe you're ashamed of, right? As you pull those out, look at that, and then realize that Jesus paid that. So you know when you when you get a when you. Um, Years ago, I don't think they do this so much anymore, but years ago, you'd see an invoice, and then when it was paid, they'd stamp it, paid in full. That's what I want you to be thinking of. When you surrender to Jesus and you pull those things out, he has marked that paid in full. 
He did that for you, right? So when you, so once it's paid in full, right, shred it, get rid of it. It's no longer part of how, of your filter as you walk through life, right? Receive that healing and, and, and move on. And when you, when it comes up, it's for ministry purposes. It's say, hey, I get it. I, I, I understand what you've gone through. This is what I did. This is how, how Jesus helped me through this, this process. So, um, again, Jesus paid those things in full. Never forget that, all right? Uh, um, okay, so as I had mentioned uh, before, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of turn the page. I'm going to go into chapter 2, okay? So chapter 2 is really, really, really fast. Um, so chapter 2 uh, for us is, you know, chapter 1 was, okay, how do we live this Christian life? Uh, chapter 2 was, was, now let's move forward. How do we move forward? So um, as I had mentioned uh, earlier, one of the things I struggled with a little bit was how to do ministry and really what ministry uh, is for, for all of us. So first of all, uh, a lot of people think that ministry is, you know, like international missions. I have to become a missionary, right? Or, or you have to serve within the local church or become a pastor. Uh, and that's just simply not true. Uh, ministry is wherever God places you and the impact that you have on people, right? Whether it be at work, at home, every place that you go. Sometimes it's a smile at the, the person um, as you're pumping gas, right? Just a, hey, how's it going? Bless you, right? That's ministry. So it doesn't have to be this big thing. It doesn't have to be up on stage or any of those uh, crazy things. It's just living life for the Lord. Um, somebody, a quote that I heard from, from Joyce Myers years ago was, preach the gospel everywhere you go. And when absolutely necessary, open up your mouth. Right? So it's about how you do, how you interact each and every day. So um, I want to just really quickly just talk to the, to the men, probably specifically the, the men in here. Um, our story is uh, early on we decided that uh, we wanted to have Rihanna stay home, be a stay-at-home mom, homeschooling, and all of that. So what that meant for me is we became a single-income uh, family. So I became the provider uh, for for us financially, and uh, as I was uh, as I was growing and going through this, um, you know, trying to become a uh, what a Christian life looked like. Um, what I saw a lot was was I saw two different kinds of fathers and dads. One was I had this I saw this kind of father that was they were awesome, right? Great fathers, great husbands, and at home just absolutely amazing. But then when they went into the marketplace, uh, they really had no influence. They were just kind of, they clock in and clock out. Um, and, and from that standpoint, they're a little bit empty. And, and so I, I saw that. And, and what, what happened? And vice versa, right? Well, yeah, I'm there. I'm getting there. The business name. I'm getting there. Um, oh, you want me to go quickly, don't you? <laughs> so I'm supposed to go quickly. It's a lot of notes I know. that I have to go through. Uh, so, so I will go quickly. God bless you, honey. Um, so, so the problem with those, those people is eventually they start losing influence in their family with their kids. They're, they are no longer the hero of their kids, right? So 
um, I saw that and I said, well, I, that's not really who I want to be. And then on the other side, right, we have these successful business guys, right? They, they go out, they work a lot, and, and there's necessarily anything wrong with that. But when they come home, all they do is think about work. That's all they talk about. It, it cons- absolutely consumes their life. And, and, they, and they justify that by saying, well, I'm doing, doing this for the family, right? I'm going working hard for the family, and the reality is, by the time they achieve whatever it is that they're trying to achieve, their family's long gone. And I looked at that and I said, well, that's not who I want to become either. So I said, oh, it must be a balance. There must be a balance between these two, right? And uh, as I looked at people who are trying to balance this, what they ended up being is becoming mediocre, just living mediocre lives. They weren't good husbands and fathers. They weren't good businessmen. They were neither. And, and uh, when I think of the word mediocre, I, I get like this, like I'm eating liver. Like, blah, I see Jamie, blah, mediocre. Like, no one really wants to be mediocre. So what my, what my ministry is or what my purpose in life is, uh, and I'm speaking to, to myself as I'm saying this as well, is, is really to be able to help husbands, men, uh, become the kind of father and husband that their, their family, that their wives deserve, um, and, and yet still have a massive impact on the world, on the marketplace, um, on that. And it's not about having a balance or being 50% in each. It's about being 100% in everything that you do. And that takes intentionality. And that's something that, uh, like, that is my heart. That is my heart's cry is to help men have that influence in every single area of their life. The other aspect of ministry, uh, especially as a husband, is to support our wives' ministry, whatever that looks like, whether that be at home, whether that be uh, whatever that the, the call that they have on their life. It's my job to support Rihanna in what she's doing, uh, to pray for her, to pray with her, to give her the time and the space that she needs to, uh, to do the things that God is calling her to do not be in the way of her call. Uh, Really what it boils down to, guys, is it's unity. Unity is the main mission of marriage. And what we have found is that when when we're walking out our call, doing the, the purpose that we have for each one of us, that our ministry ends up coming together, and we do end up partnering with purpose. Right, and unity doesn't necessarily mean uniformity. So just because you're in unity together as a married couple doesn't mean you're going to always have the same hobbies and the same same likes and dislikes and um, the same passions or the same purpose even. It just means that you're unifying together and vice versa. You talked about the husband supporting the wives and part of my mission and ministry in life is to support his ministry and the calling that God has on his life. And so... You know, in a, in a mathematical sense, if we're talking fractions, two halves make a whole. But in marriage, this is not actually true. Two half people do not make a whole person. And so we get this Jerry Maguire syndrome, right, where we have to f- find somebody who can complete us. But this is actually a lie of the enemy. And this will rob you in your marriage and in your marriage ministry to think that your husband or your wife has to complete who you are. And this is what we're, we're saying here where unity is not uniformity. You're not going to always find the person or find in your spouse exactly what you feel needs to complete you. Where does this come from? 
This comes from Christ only. 2 Corinthians chapter 2.10 says, In him you have been made complete. So as we are partnering with God in our individual purpose and are finding our completion in him, we become whole people. And then we become a force to be reckoned with in ministry, in life, in everything. And people will say, how do you do what you do? It's not because there is anything that you can be so great at that you're masters of it. It's because Christ can make the, you know, the individual whole and then we come together and complete the mission of God. And so whenever you are in a place where you feel worlds apart from each other, I want you to understand that this is part of the plan. Now, if you've ever been told that in your marriage you should never feel isolated and alone, you've been lied to. Because one of the only ways that God can truly complete us is to separate us in ways. There's dependencies that we get upon one another and we start hiding ourselves and our weaknesses in each other and depending on each other to fill those places. But the truth is that God wants to separate you in those areas and make you complete so you can stand on your own feet so that you're not codependent you're a powerful unit, and there is a difference. So if you're ever feeling isolated in marriage or lonely in desert places, embrace that and just pray, God, what do you have for us in this time? There's something that you want to complete in me. Anytime that you feel like your partner is not completing you in areas, before you go to them, go to prayer and ask the Lord, because he's the only one that can show you what you really are missing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Clearly, some of us have been there, right? I mean, if you've been married for any portion of time, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so we're going to kind of move into a time of prayer and ministry. And I'm going to ask if Emily would come up and just begin to play on the keys for me. And I know you have some blank note sheets there, and I just want to recap for you a couple of questions to ask yourself and get together with your spouse. Or if you're single, just get in prayer and speak with the Lord about these things. Is number one, we talked about being hungry. Are you hungry? Do you long and yearn for what God has for you every day? Not just, I think I found my spot and I'm good. Am I hungry? The word says, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. So if you're in a place where you would say, nope, I'm, I'm pretty numb. I'm not really, I don't really long for more than what I have. Get into prayer with God and begin to let him challenge you in that. The next question, are you impacting the world around you? Are you impacting the people in the world around you? Or are you being impacted and influenced by the world? And if you would answer yes to the second part of that, begin to pray and ask God to start sifting your life. Now, I know these are dangerous prayers, but come on, folks, what are we really here for? Do we come to gather in this place to just sort of do what we're supposed to do? Or are we coming to influence and impact a generation of people? Because if we're not, then we could have been at, at home watching the pregames today. There's no purpose for us to be here if we are not here to drive after the presence and the power of the Spirit. Because even in community, this will crumble without the power of the Holy Spirit. The next question is, are you finding your completion in Christ? Or are you looking for it in your spouse? 
if you are at odds right now with one another because you're looking for something in the physical, in the spiritual, in the mental, emotional, that God wants to heal and make you whole in, get into prayer and ask him to show you that, to make you complete in those areas. And as we go out of here today, maybe, maybe all of those areas you say, yeah, we're good. I think we're driving after our purpose. And, you know, I don't have a problem with any of those things. But you're at a point in your marriage right now where you want to know what the next level is. You want to know how to drive for that next place. You want the Lord to speak to your marriage and say, this is the next place I have for you. We want to pray with you this morning. And so if you are, if you could, everybody could just stand up right where you are. And Justin and I are going to be down here this morning just ministering. And I really encourage you, do not let these moments slip away. Because when God is moving in a place and he wants to do a work and we sort of scoot out because we have better things to do or we're too embarrassed to get down front or we don't want people to know we need prayer or we don't feel like we need a word from the Lord because we got it licked ourselves. We miss something powerful in the spirit. There's breakthrough in this place right now. And the Holy Spirit wants to do work. And it's beautiful work. And when you break through, you break into new levels of healing, of unity, of intimacy, and of mission together. So Father, I thank you right now for each and every person you have brought into this place. I thank you for the singles that you've brought into this place, God, that you're speaking to their heart even now saying, I have mission and purpose for your life. I thank you, God, for every single marriage here, whether the marriage is brand new or the marriage is 20 years young. Maybe the marriage is on the rocks. Maybe it's the strongest it's ever been, God, but I thank you that you are in it all. I thank you that your covenant stands above every attack of the enemy. We thank you that you are head over all rule and authority. And even in our marriages, God, we thank you that there's always deeper places we can go. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move even right now. Just move upon the hearts of your people. We just release restoration in this place. We release the atmosphere of victory and provision. We thank you, God, for provision. We thank you, Lord. The Lord says, and I hear some people in this place in your prayer time, you've been wondering, God, I think it's too far gone. I don't think I'll ever be able to love this person again. I don't think we'll ever be in a place that's healthy again. I don't know if I'll ever feel fulfilled by this person again. And God says, that's a lie. God says, I created the heavens and the earth by my outstretched hand and my mighty power. There is nothing too difficult, nothing too far gone for me. So just when we think that we are the furthest we could be from where God is, we are actually the closest we could ever be to the next place he has us going. So Lord, I thank you to build faith in this place right now. We just say faith increase, increase, increase in this place. Faith to live another day, not just in a mediocre place, but in a victorious place. Faith to go above and beyond what we could ever think or imagine. Faith to see our marriage and our ministry in a place that has to have the power of the Spirit to get there. 
faith to be healed in a way that we have lost hope that we could ever be healed. And I feel in this place today that there are people who are broken in their heart and in their body and in their mind who you say, I think I'm too far gone. And God says that is not true. The word says that the spirit of the Lord, the power of the Lord brings liberty. It brings freedom. And so Lord, we want the power of the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. Because without you, God, we are nothing. And we thank you, Lord, for the restoration that you have for your people. I I just want all married couples who want prayer, if if you want us to lay our hands on you and just pray. Now, this isn't come down and tell us what's going on in your life so we can pray for you. But God has something he wants to release into your life this morning, into your marriages. And we want to minister to you from that place. So we want to hear from the Lord and pray over you. Just come right now. Come down here and just stand in a line. We're going to come down and just begin to minister. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.